Hello and welcome to 90% Hits, a podcast that's usually about the number one singles in Australia in the 90s. This week, however, is one of our regular Choose Your Own Adventure episodes, where we each pick a song from the top 100 best-selling singles of a given year. And this Choose Your Own Adventure episode tonight is going to feature us parting like it's 1999. So hi, I'm Tim Byron and I'm your host today. With me today at the 90% Hits studio complex, uh, we have teacher and learner of music and guitar god Katie Atkins. Um, hi. <laughs> um, digital marketing guru and Stephen Sondheim fan club member Danny Yao. Hello, I almost ran the Stephen Sondheim fan club in Australia, but that's a different story. And Krusty the Clown impersonator, who designed the 90% Hits logo and is looking for freelance design work. <laughs> Tim Coyle. I have Jack's never-ending sense of exasperation at the options we were given this week. <laughs> So, as usual, uh, to find out what order we talk about the songs in, we've all picked the name of the movie from 1998, and we're going to put those names on a four-sided die that we're going to roll to see what song we're going to talk about next. And then we decided to pick a movie from 1999. Yeah, (laughs) 1999 movies, so yeah. So let's go around the room and pick... 1998. Ah, ah yeah. right. oh, I'll say that one again so you can cut it out. No, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so tell us what movie from 1998, I mean 1999, we all picked. Danny? I chose Fight Club. Casey? Uh, American Beauty. And Tim Coyle? Uh, what my favourite movie of the 90s, The Iron Giant. And Tim Burton? And I chose Bing John Malkovich. Nice. So, may as well get started. Uh, Danny, you got the die. Uh, give it a roll. We're rolling the dice. Yep, so uh, we've got four, which is mine, uh, Bing John Malkovich. So let's go around the, um, the room and see what you all thought I would pick. So, um, Casey, tell us what you thought I'd pick. Uh, this week, Tim, was difficult this week. I think we'll all probably agree that this yep. was hard. So um, I thought that you'd go for uh, Boom, 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 Boom by Venga Boys. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Tim Coyle, what do you think I would uh, pick? When I Grow Up by Garbage. And... Danny, yeah, what did you think I'd pick? Thank Abba for the music by Steps, <laughs> <laughs> Cleopatra, Bewitched, and Billy. But I also thought maybe you'd pick Killing Heidi. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've picked uh, Tim Coyle's right. I picked When I Grow Up uh, by Garbage. So that was When I Grow Up uh, by Garbage, which was number 98 in the top 100 selling singles of 1998 and reached number 22 in the charts in August in 99. So um, the reason why I picked this this song was I looked through the list of stuff and there wasn't much on there that I wanted to pick. And so this is the one that I thought, there's something there, I can pick this one, there's something there. And um, so yeah, for me, because like, I 
you know, when I grow up, it's, it's all right. It's just no stupid girl or like vow or queer or something. Like Garbage's first album is great and I love that. And I think that's partly probably because that's when I started paying attention to alternative music and so they were just there at the time and one of the bands that was like, wow, they're cool. And um, so yeah, so I got into them like in sort of late 95, early 96. And so when their second album came around, I was like, yeah, I'm interested in this. I'll see what, let's see what Garbage do. And Push It was a good song and When I Grow Up was a good song as well. And um, yeah, it's it's a it's a great song in terms of you know just the chorus where she's where she sings when I grow up you know I'll be stable and it's like you know to me at the time I remember thinking she's grown up if she's not yeah. stable like <laughs> yeah she she's not really stable she's never going to be stable in that kind of way and um, and so yeah it's got that kind of like uncertainty about what it means to be an adult and that was something I probably related to as a seventeen year old who was sort of feeling like oh, yeah, I am on, on the cusp of being an adult and being mature and all that kind of stuff and you know. I was in year 12, about to finish uni, and, well, about to finish school and go on to uni. And, um, and yeah, so for me, it's a song that sort of reminds me of that, of being sort of on the cusp of adulthood. And um, as a song, like, it, it's good. It, it's so much of the time. It really does sound like sort of 98, 99, those kind of sort of electronic kind of touches. And the kind of, um, you know, it's funny watching her in the video clip, like where she looks like a Spice Girl. Um, but like, you know, as a, as a lead singer, Shirley Manson has always been great. She's just got such a, such a fierceness to her. Um, and you listen to her voice and hear that fierceness and like, it's pretty much always good. Most, I haven't really heard too many garbage songs that I've been like, oh, really? Did you have to? Because there's always something there. So, um, yeah, so that's why I chose garbage. So Tim Coyle, tell us uh, about your thoughts on When I Grew Up. Okay. Um, well, I mean, is this the first time we talk about Butch Vig in any you, you may also remember from such albums as Lead Paint by Delicious But Deadly um, but yeah uh, I think that that was kind of it, it was the initial thing about Garbage is who yeah. they were yeah. um, yes. and that it was kind of an odd super group and the thing is, they were completely different from what you imagined all these guys were going to yeah, sound like. Yeah, definitely. Um, and having Shirley Manson as the singer w- was pretty integral to yeah. that. Um, and look, I really love the first album as well. This song is good, but um, they, they were really pursuing that um, hooky electronica thing by this stage. And yeah. I think it's... It's a few rungs below their best work, um, but I think, as Tim Byron said, in comparison to a lot of things that we had the option of choosing this week, this is head and shoulders above. And it's I, no finger boys. It definitely came into the reckoning when when I was looking at songs that that I could pick, and this was kind of the safety option um, <laughs> if, if <laughs> what I chose got gobbled up. But um, look, it's it's perfectly decent it sounds so dated now i think is the the one thing um, yeah. to, to put out there it just uh, it reeks of people who don't quite know yet how to use pro tools but yeah like having fun it with d- all the knobs and twiddles and it yeah it really does and it's for for music for a song that involves the people that it does um it's so oddly slick um in a way i mean yeah. yes these these people were involved in super prof- professional productions, but this is another level of slickness hmm. and bigness to it, which, you know, it, it doesn't ruin the song at all. Um, look, the one thing I will say, it's got 
possibly my favourite half rhyme in um, this period of music. No, prote- no protection. God, I'm pregnant. <laughs> it's such a great couplet there. Um, and yeah, it's. Um, I, I think Garbage's work in general, I'm quite a fan of. This song was that point where they drifted away into doing something that maybe wasn't um, so much going to connect with me, but. Yeah, there's still enough there in this song that uh, I can still enjoy it in spite of all the, the reservations mm. I've pointed out. Danielle. Yeah, Garbage. Uh, that first album obviously was really, really big and I remember all those singles and I bought the album and I bought some sort of tour edition with a bonus disc with the uh, blue version of the cover. Is that the one that had uh, the Tricky remix of Milk on it? Yes, probably. Why Why Tricky needed to do anything, I don't know. But, um... <laughs> Ever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I like Tricky. Um, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. well, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, this song, uh, it, it's really a song I haven't listened to since it was sort of around in the day. It's not something that really hit me at the time. Maybe it was where I was at the time, but uh, it does sound quite, like, teeny to me. Like, I think mm. I just sort of was too old for this song for some degree. Uh, yeah. And the band were not really doing anything I really... You know, This is, but maybe that just comes from what we've all been talking about, where the band weren't at their prime at this point. I don't know the story about the making of this record, but it just feels like they weren't... That energy, you know, you have your whole life to write your first record and they had like seven mm. massive singles of it and then this was just sort of like, oh, it wasn't really as good as any of those singles. But um, but yeah, this song was sort of fine. I uh, have some time for garbage, I guess. I've got to end up getting a Greatest Hits. and um, But yeah, they're kind of a Greatest Hits band for me and those songs yeah. are pretty good. And yeah, I had, I had never listened to this song. And listening to it this week, yeah, it does sound very dated. On one hand, it sounds like it should be in the mid-90s because it's sort of like a like a sort of silly Teenage Rebellion song. Mm. Mm. But on the other hand, yeah, those treated drums and that Pro Tools thing, it makes it sound like, um, yeah. Um, yeah, it makes it sound like a really sort of modern, slick sort of pop record. So, interesting to listen to, but yeah, I don't really think I'll listen. I'll be going out to listen to this song again after yeah. today. Right, Casey Atkins. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't really have a great deal to add. There's really no arguments for me, except for the fact that I've just done that thing, and I don't know whether you guys ever do that, and we had this conversation the other day, or maybe it was with you, with uh, regards to a Paul Kelly song, that I did a Google search, a Google image search yeah. for garbage, and then was really surprised when all these pictures of just garbage came up. <laughs> 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 like, refuse. Oh, I was like the How to Make Gravy Yeah, yeah, right. Google How to Make Gravy, and surprised <laughs> when Gravy recipes actually show <laughs> up. Anyway, um, photos of Martha Stewart kind of stirring (laughs) flour into a tray. Um, So this song, just like the rest of you, really, um, Garbage are one of those bands for me that I've never um, gone in particularly deep. I've never bought a record, um, but I've always, and I've never gone to a show, and I've never, Mm. um, like, paid the, like, ridiculously close attention to them but I still think that they're just an excellent band and are really really worthy of all of their success and worthy of all of their um, fans and 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 sales and everything um, but again like you guys I think this is is a bit of a nothing song as far as what they're capable of um, the singles from that first record um, 
are amazing and I think mm. things that came after it were great as well when they sort of changed again. Well, like, like change again, cherry lips and androgyny and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that that kind of stuff. Um, where I think, I mean, they didn't change, but they um, uh, went a little bit more the direction of, of sparkling pop and even yeah. further than this. Um, yeah, I think that sort of third record, like the, it's electronic, but it's kind of less busy than the stuff on this. Like this is all like, how many things can we fit into a song? There's also yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of glam rock on that third album yeah, that yeah. isn't quite here. And the, the thing about this song is so fast. Yeah, it just comes barreling out. And look, my favorite garbage song is Milk, which kind of gives you yeah, the milk. idea of the tempo. I <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> kind of like yeah. like Milk that, is but, unreal. Milk um, is fantastic. Only Happy When It Rains is brilliant. I mean, I'm just naming songs again. But um, yeah. but yeah, this this is one of those songs from a band that I think are fantastic um, but you know you can't win them all but this is the one that charted and this this is the one that charted which is in the year that like there was not much to go on well Cherry Uh, Cherry Lips did better than this in Australia yeah Um, but that was a couple of years later that was like 2001 2002 yeah and I'm sure like Garbage have done the same thing that every other 90s band we've talked about where they sort of probably broke up or or didn't do much in most of the 2000s and they probably put an album out recently probably it's the kind of thing I bet they have I don't don't think they've done anything since 2007 they they released an album in 2012 and then before that 2005 they were out here last year they were here for there was that controversy do you remember when they were here last year and they um, on one of the big tours it was like um uh, Soundwave or something, um, but yeah. couldn't play their Sydney set. They had to cancel their Sydney set because of, yes. they couldn't get their gear down from Queensland in time because of road closures or something yes. like that. Yes, I remember wow. that. Yeah. yeah, and there was a bit of controversy. There was a bit of kind of yeah. fan backlash or rumours that, like... It was a particular person. That AJ Matter on, had... Um, <laughs> I was about to it say, it was a particular sound. person on Twitter... Bad mouthing them and yes, <laughs> right. It wasn't Soundwave, I don't think. Though. I don't think Garbage would be on Soundwave. I, I, I have a feeling it was Soundwave. Yeah. I can't think of what else it would have been. The, it wasn't Big Day Out. The other, the other thing with Garbage is, I mean, they've all got other things to go to and do. Whereas, yes, yeah, so, this isn't the yeah. main concern for all of them. I mean, I'm sure it is from time to time. Yeah, but, yeah, and that's yeah. the other reason, I guess, where they, yeah. while they, why they have not to this point ever officially broken up because yeah. they don't need to break yeah. up. Yeah, they can it's, just go and work and then yeah. get on the phone, and go, "I'm oh, doing another garbage record." And they go, yeah. "Oh, righto," you know. Yeah, yeah. that kind of situation. Kind of got ten songs, guys. What do you want to do? Yeah, yeah. I've got yeah. three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. best. And- do you guys know about how um, they found Shirley? Do you know that story? I, I just thought it was just an audition situation. I know no, that they started with... In the garbage? The go- yeah, the three guys who were the producers. Um, yeah. They they'd sort of put together some, some beats and things like that and sort of some backing tracks and they're like, okay, we've got to find a singer. Mm. So they turned on MTV and um, Shirley Manson had been in a band called Angel Fish, I think. Yeah. Uh, Angel something. And... Um, and it was like the one time they were ever played on MTV, basically. <laughs> oh, right. Like it was just like, you know, like one of those sort of nothing bands. It was a bit of a big pop kind of thing. And so they, um, they heard, they, they saw this song and they sort of rang up the record label and thought, yeah, this girl, can we get, try and get her? And so they'll, she came and it worked and the band started. So it's like one of those sort right. of really kind of, um, fortuitous kind of synchronicity kind of thing. Yeah, so like, right. you know, the one time well, like it was on TV. Were they trying to call a different kind of number and get the girl on screen or then they got the wrong number? <laughs> 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 so trying to get someone, Kylie Minogue. So, someone, yeah, yeah. someone just answers in a Scottish accent and is like, well, this isn't what we were looking for. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I thought they were sending an Asian girl. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh-huh. So yeah, so I guess um, yeah. What's your favorite garbage song? Like you, if you got to pick one, uh, which one would it be? Tim Coyle. Milk. Milk. Yeah. So do, do you do you like the one like the tricky version that's got the kind of him sort of moaning uh, in the background and all that nah. kind of thing? or the one that's on the album? Yeah, definitely the album yeah. version. And yeah, I, I think it shows off what is great about Shirley Manson's voice mm. in just all that's great about it, and it really it lets it be the centerpiece, and it's it's restrained in an odd way. I mean, you wouldn't say that about a lot of garbage. Yeah. Um, but. I think their best work has a degree of restraint about it, and that's simply because everyone in that band knew what they were doing, yeah. and knew when to hold back yeah. and when to go um, all out. And yeah, that on that they just hold back brilliantly, and it's such a moody, um, dark, and compelling song. Right, cool, Casey Val Val. What is it you like about Val? Um, the fact that I'd kind of forgotten about it until I was just trying to find out what my favourite garbage song was, because uh, Only Happy When It Rains and Milk stuck out in my mind, and I was like, Val, I know that I know Val, and then I looked it up, and I was Val's like, the one oh, shit, that one. That's the one that's got the chorus, it's like, I nearly died. Yeah, 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 I can knock me up. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is about it. I just thought I'd have to say the name of the song and you'd move on, so I wasn't... Yeah, Val, like, for, for me, that one's got that great sort of, like, do-do-do-do, like, sort of, like, this delayed guitar kind of thing at the start. Yeah, which yeah, the start, great, like, kind of builds and then builds, yeah. yeah. Danny? Um, I really like uh, Stupid Girl, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's Yeah, Stupid Girl is, like, the first one I heard, and so I think it's kind of that for me... Um, Either that or queer. Um, yeah. Both of those, mm-hmm. like I heard about the same time, and like, you know, I think like it, pretty much all of the great singles from the first album are, are really good, and like could have been any of them, but like yeah. Super Girls, like the first one I heard, and it's got that great sort of train in vein uh, drum riff at the start, which um, from By the Clash. Oh, really? Is that yeah, yeah it's a that... sample. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. There you go. And so um, yeah, it was funny. Like I remember listening to Triple M or something like that, and they would have played Train in Vain, and, and I was like listening to the start of it, going, "Cool, it's garbage," and I'm like. What's this oh, other song? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Brings us back to um, Ice Ice Baby. Ice Ice Baby. Yeah. <laughs> There's one of those things that you, you sort of assume that like, oh yeah, Butch Fig probably played that on drums, you know. Can I can I just say one more thing about Garbage? It's just, just like, how how strangely excellent is it that there's a band called Garbage? Like, yeah. I just knew people, like older yeah. people who hated the band or yeah. like, were dismissive of this type of music completely just went, well, it does sound like garbage. sucked in. It's kind of Alright, so I think it's probably time to roll the die and see who we have coming up next, Danny. So, what have we got? So that's, uh, that's you, Danny. Yeah. Bye Club. So, um, let's go around the room and see what we all thought Danny would have picked. Uh, Tim Coyle. It's a real... Uh, I found this a real tough one. I thought he'd go for the sweet pop thing, so I went, she's so high, tell Bachman. Uh, Casey Atkins. Uh, Every Morning by Sugar Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Casey just got knocked unconscious. <laughs> Fight club, man. <laughs> and I thought Danny was going to pick You Get What You Give by the New Radicals. Hey, well, that's exactly my choice. So, yeah, this is Get What You Give by the New Radicals.
Alright, so that was uh, New Radicals with You Get What You Give, which was number 73 in the top 100 selling singles in 1999, uh, and it reached number 13 in May in 1999. For the benefit of people playing at home, Casey has just put on a stupid hat that looks quite a lot like the one Greg Alexander from New Radicals I thought we had Greg, Greg Alexander with us. <laughs> yeah. Our asses haven't been kicked though. Special <laughs> guest uh, coming in from, yeah. So, Danny, tell us why you picked The New Radicals. Uh, so, we, a couple of people have touched on how this week has been a bit meh in terms of uh, how... Taking the hat off, by the way. Um, thank you. In terms of how, sort of, the choices for the songs. Yeah. But this song is one that I do genuinely love as a one-hit wonder or whatever it is. Uh, like, just listening to the song again, it has just got so much energy and so much euphoria. And... It's just a pleasure for me, and it's, I know it's kind of silly, but I think it knowingly so, and uh, it's a lot of fun, like, the, the, all the little bits, and it's very well written when it comes down to the end of the day, uh, and you look at it, so yeah, it's just a, a whole lot of fun, really, is the main reason um, for me to choose this song. It's just, like, I mean, I've got that new Radicals record, and I sort of know more about them and stuff like that, but... It, I just doesn't take away from this song for me. It's just a, just a blissful pop single. So it's sort of the the perfect vaguely alt rock pop song from '99 for you. Well, no, I was actually going to say that this actually sounds like '93 um, UK. Right. Okay. You know, it sounds like unbelievable or something like <laughs> yeah. that. It's just like it's it's an anthem for anthem's sake, which is something that's particularly British, and mm. to write and you know this is the era of. This is cigarettes and alcohol. This is, you know, a rock and roll star. This is, like, I mean, different sounding thing, but in terms of the vibe, that it was very much a very British thing to write. Or, you know, years later, like, the Fratellis and all that stuff, writing these terrace anthems. Uh, it was just another really good one. They, No one does this sort of... Uh, but he wasn't British, was he? No, no. he was American. Yeah, yeah. but there was so just... Say, it was but that's that just kind of what it sounds like. Like, yeah. it sounds like that. So that's sort of... Uh, yeah, it, but, you know, what else is there? Like... There's that energy that is so unlike that and reminds mm. me of that early sort of anthems. So for you, it's the vibe and the sense of energy to it and the... Um, the lyrics nice. Like, yeah. the lyrics is... is, is like, it's, again, it's as open-ended and as any good sort of fun pop rock anthem should be. And, yeah, mm. it's fun. So, yeah, so I think Tim Coyle has had an interesting look on his face as we've been talking about this. <laughs> Tell us what you think about this song, Tim Coyle. There's quite a few layers of this song for me because... <laughs> Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of odd, this? really. Yeah. <laughs> Look, when it came out, like <laughs> when it came out, I really hated it, and there's a number of reasons for that. I think you know, one was the, my first exposure to it was the video clip and um, shopping mall. Yeah, and just kind of more his mugging for the camera and the dancing like the lesser spotted type. Um, <laughs> um, that, that kind of thing it was also a couple of like a guy who lived down the corridor from me in in college he and his girlfriend whenever they were getting busy would play this song <laughs> <laughs> which completely defeated my theory that this song and Greg Alexander's personality were co constructed by the American government as the ultimate contraceptive <laughs> and hold on hold on so so there's someone having sex give. to this song and they need to constantly hear don't give up <laughs> <laughs> only get what you give <laughs> Yeah, so... 
And I mean, we've, we've touched on it a few times of just where I was at this time. Was um, Look, I think Greg Alexander was trying to position New Radicals as being, in some capacity, a political, political band. And I think my snooty 18-year-old self was... Well, they're not fucking Mission of Burma, are they? And <laughs> this is the thing. Listen, well, the, the album's called, like, maybe you've been brainwashed too. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and, yeah, there was that kind of thing. They were just, you know, it's a, this guy isn't Tom Joad, therefore. And that was the thing with the video clip as well. It's like, you know, kids running around playing pranks. I'm just like, why don't you all just go out and join a fucking union and do something constructive or what have you. <laughs> and the thing is, I've softened on this song a lot and listening to it this week, I, I quite enjoyed it. And yeah, I think that's the thing. It's like, um, okay, they're not Mission of Burma, but like, does it have to be? And the thing is, all that angry political punk music Sometimes when you listen to that so much, you forget what you're angry about. And for me, this song encapsulates just kind of like what's good about it and what I enjoy about it. It's kind of what we talked about with Mbop. It sounds like those 70s, 70s songs or those 70s kids TV shows where it's so joyful yeah. and yeah. it's incredibly positive. And the thing is, it's like our attitude towards kids in the past 30 years have been, okay, why don't we just be a bunch of complete fucking assholes towards them? Rather than, yeah, saying, you know, life is good and worth worth living and being happy about. And, yeah, we're, we've lost that, and I think this song captures it. And particularly in late 90s Australia, the, the, um, the prevailing political attitudes were starting to be you know, the good things in life are being a toxic thunder cunt towards everyone. Um, and this, so this song is so anti that, that, yeah, I've come around to it in a big way. And I think it just captures that, that joy of, of being young and that's something that's worthwhile and it's something that's worth protecting. And yeah, I, th I think that's a good thing. And, and it nails that, it nails that energy and it gets the tone right and yeah it doesn't have to be Mission of Burma and yeah so for me lesson learned <laughs> Casey Atkins it's really funny that you said what you said about it sounding British I thought they were British until yesterday wow. when I looked it up no but because... I think he um, he worked with like the Spice Girls well I mean we'll promise yeah. we'll get to that yeah we can talk about his his post or the post New Radicals Greg Alexander um, later which, well, I mean, there's more post-New Radicals than... You know, <laughs> there is New Radicals. Yeah, there is New Radicals. <laughs> um, so this song, I've gone, like, I've rollercoasted on a number of times since 1998, you know? Yeah. Um, this was one of the songs, that uh, one of the albums that was at um, sale table um, level by the time I started working at a record shop and yeah. I sold and actually this is probably the other reason I thought that they were British is because I sold this to so many British people I worked at a record shop in an airport right and all yeah. the British people bought this for some reason were they so, were they Geordies because uh, I don't know this song for some inexplicable reason is huge in Newcastle well yeah there you go <laughs> Um, so that's why I thought they were British, and I spun the record a couple of times back then, and I thought that it was pretty good. Um, this song and that other single were obviously the standouts. What was the other single? Someday We'll Know. That's the one, yeah. yeah. Um, but the rest of the album was pretty good, and then I've just had, like, 
a lot of us just had this song beaten into my skull continually yeah. over the last 10 years in that car ads and, and whatever. And then listening to it again this week, and I'd kind of written it off um, yeah. because of all that. And being able to listen to it again objectively this week, or allowing myself to, it was interesting. It's it's I think it's um, um, an amazingly well-written song. Mm. Um, if someone, like you said, Danny, it's anthemic and... If you wanted to write a song that could be used in about a billion mm. different things, yeah. Yeah. this is what you'd want to write. You know, it's not offensive to anyone, except the people that are just sick of hearing it. Um, it's, it would go in any situation, um, and yeah, and it's, it's not too heavy, um, and it, but it's also not too ridiculously sheeny, shiny, poppy either. Um, so it's beautifully produced and beautifully written. Um, I won't listen to it a hell of a lot more, um, uh, actively. Um, I'm sure I'll hear it again a hell of a lot more. It's just one of those songs. But yeah, I think it's a beautifully put together thing for what it is. All right. And yeah, um, it's funny Casey talks about, um, seeing it in the sale tables because mm. I think the very first time I remember being aware that the New Radicals even existed mm. was that someone had made a post on an internet forum that I was on in 1999, um, who was an American saying something along the lines of prediction, New Radicals will be in the sale tables in six months. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, um, and he was probably correct in that, in that way. Um, and so like, I, that was even before I'd heard the song. So I think I was sort of poisoned towards it, like in that kind of like, you know, some guy on the internet, like yeah. who I thought was an interesting guy, like was like, this is shit. So I just kind of didn't pay attention to it. Mm. And so like at the time I remember thinking, yeah, this is kind of shit. Um, and probably the similar kind of way to Tim Coyle and the stupid video with the stupid hat and, and all that kind of stuff. And, um, but yeah, I've definitely softened on the, on the song since then. And I listened to it. Casey put the hat back on for all those listening at home. Um, I've definitely softened on it because, uh, yeah, listening to it, it's just so well put together. Like, it's just undeniable how good a pop song it is. Because, like, you know, it's just hook after hook. Yeah. And it's even, like, you, you know, like, it, it just sort of pops out of the speakers and sounds fun. And, um... Fuck you, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, listening to it is interesting because, like... You know, he's trying to be that sort of alternative kind of stuff and say sort of things politically. And honestly, to me, this is a song that kind of sounds like Supertramp. It's got that piano going there. It does sound like Supertramp. So it kind of sounds like Supertramp. Yeah, I'll give you that. That's awesome. And I, and I love <laughs> yeah, Supertramp. Super yeah. Um, yeah, you yeah. would. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, it's that kind of road sound and things like that. And yeah, so yeah, it sort of sounds like Supertramp. And, and so listen, hearing that, like as I've been listening to this in the last week, I'm like, yeah, I can see what he's doing. The so thing I love about... pushing the same sentiment as something like All Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's definitely um, like yeah, Bloody Well Right or something like that. Or mm. what, what, what Super Tramp song are you thinking of? Super Tramp, sorry, I was thinking of Super Cross. For uh, a second. <laughs> 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 Thank you, beer. <laughs> 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 right. good Wait, what Super Jesus song are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, you know that Super Chunk album, Foolish? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like, um, yeah, so f- f- it's a weird song in a bunch of ways because it's like trying to pull all these different things together. But I love that it's got that sort of outro kind of bit where he starts doing the different melody and like he's like the thing about like, you know, he's going to go to Courtney Love in there and Marilyn Manson in their mansions and kick oh, their yeah. asses and stuff. Like it, it's it's such a weird bit to have in the song and I kind of lo- love that it does have that extra thing at the end that you sort of wait for. To, to tie it back around though, I watched a live version today and I swear he said Shirley Madsen in that part. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you well, could, the, yeah. the, the, the 
anecdotes of that, and my favourite one is that he encountered Beck at a supermarket <laughs> and then went up and apologised to him. <laughs> that, that, that was the context he got. I mean, basically, like, yeah, like, uh, Greg Alexander probably does have one of the mansions that ne- that's nearby to Beck and, like, Courtney Love because he would just make so much money off, like... Just the idea the that these this. two guys are hanging out in a supermarket yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was probably... and they don't have robots <laughs> shopping for them. It was probably his mansion that Justin Bieber recently ate. <laughs> So, like, so do we talk about, I mean, the, the story that I read, and it was interesting um, watching a couple of live versions I did, one of the reasons that he reckons that he wore the hat all the time was just so he could disguise his bored face because he couldn't be fucked being the front man of a band anymore. He just couldn't stand it. And um, and then he just went on to write a whole lot of songs like Murder on the Dance Floor. Yeah. So, so, like, the, the yeah, the thing is, like, I was a fan of this song and I bought the album. I guess I'm the only person who bought the album around. Yeah the time it came out and by the time the second single came out they broke up yeah like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like oh that's interesting <laughs> yeah because yeah, he discovered he just hated touring and all that yeah. kind of like the rep- promotion-y kind of stuff you've got to do as a band like the, this the being in a band which, thing you can yeah. understand yeah, yeah. yeah which given also given his personality is no big surprise he didn't like promoting things and being yeah. on junkets and having yeah. to kind of mouth the words and do what you have to do that's just not in yeah and let's face it, you and I would both hate that as well. Exactly. But he's also talented <laughs> Me, enough. Me, however. <laughs> yeah, he's also Give talented. Me that shit. So, yeah. <laughs> but he's also talented enough to have something to fall back on to make that decision. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, you yeah. know, where a lot of yeah. people don't. Yeah. And so, so he did become the um, the so, sort of songwriting gun for hire kind yeah. of thing. And he, so he's, he's done a lot of production. Yeah. Work, yeah. So, so he did Murder on the Dance Floor by Sophie Ellis Baxter. Sophie Ellis Baxter. Uh, and he's done a few other things, like he's done like songs for Boyzone and Ronan Keating and things like that. Have you got a list coming up, Danny? Uh, yeah, I'm just looking at the list. list um, substantial. It's a pretty substantial list. I think he wrote like entire albums for yeah. Ronan Keating. Yeah. Scott Kane, is that the guy from um, Creed? No. Scott Stapp. Scott Stapp. Scott Kane, like, he might be like an American Idol guy or something like that. I'm just looking, see, my eye just automatically goes to weirder things. He, so did, just, a, he yeah. did end up writing a song with Hanson. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. I'll have to see and they, 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 We'll find that and put it on the blog. Yeah, and, they, and they, they all said he was a cool guy. So. Yeah. In excess? Right. Yeah, oh, right. Probably in their Terence Trent Derby days or something. Yeah, yeah. White Lady. It was 2005. Stevens or... It was 2005. 2005. So yeah. that, that was possibly in... Um, oh, what was that guy's name? JD Fortune. Wow. <laughs> yeah. The guy who won that reality TV yeah. show. Did a song with Hollow Notes featuring Todd Rundgren. How do I not know about that? <laughs> I think it's time to move on. So, um, so, Danny, roll the die. Tell us what we got coming up next. Yeah, sorry. I'm trying to get this down as well. All right, so it's come up American Beauty, and that's Casey's. So let's go around the, the group and see what we all thought Casey would pick. Danny, what did you think that Casey was going to pick? I thought Casey was going to pick Tal Backman. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, She's So High, I guess, was the name of that song. I didn't fucking remember. <laughs> <laughs> and Tim Paul, what did you think I Casey thought was it was going to pick You Get What You Give by the <laughs> <laughs> And I thought, Casey, I thought you were going to pick Get Set by Taxi Ride. <laughs> <laughs> So tell us, Casey, what did you pick? Uh, I picked something that somebody else picked for someone else, which was um, Weir by Killing Heidi.
that was Killing Heidi with Weir. Uh, this was number 36 in the top 100 selling singles of 99 and it reached number 6 in December of 99. So Casey, tell us why you picked Weir by Killing Heidi. See, this song at the time was one of those things. So it was a big Triple J thing, huge, huge, mm. massive Triple J thing. Um, but at the same time, it was a little bit um, like it was pretty pop even for Triple J then but it was one of those pop songs that every so often you get one like one of those sort of commercial bands for want of a better word um, that put this song out and you just go wow this is fucking great like whether or not you think that it's the type of thing you should want to like or not you just you don't have any choice and this was one of those ones for me and I just thought that this was excellent um, her voice was brilliant uh and um and yeah i just thought it was a, a just a really really uh, amazingly catchy song i saw so many performances of it on various tv shows i went and saw them at a big day out in 99 or it would have been 2000 um like the january 2000 big yeah. day out and they were great at, at that um and again the list that we had to choose from this uh, this year wasn't, you know, it, it didn't have a lot of my favourite songs, but I saw this one and went, oh, I'll throw that one a bone because I really did, I really did like it at the time. Um, listening to it this week. So, the hooks are still there, absolutely. Her voice is still there. Um, but it's a bit underbrewed. I think that, like, it needs twice as many words. Um, it needs an actual middle eight, like the middle eight in it is very much, ooh shit, we haven't written a middle eight, we better stick one in. It's very verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, yeah, yeah. like, um, which is, which is unfortunate. Like the only, the only hooks in it are the melodic hooks. Um, so once you've heard the guitar riff and the one drum fill and the one bass fill, hmm. um, that that's it you've you've heard it all so it doesn't it it there could have been a lot more thought going into the production of it i reckon to actually break it up a little bit um so that's how it stands up on further listening to me um and and yeah poor old killing heidi just they sort of I faded away didn't they? Sort of, well i mean again i did a bit of research today this record was one of the it was amazingly huge for an Australian album. Yeah. Like five times platinum, 350,000 copies or something like that, which is major, mm. absolutely major in Australia. But the other thing that happens in Australia is that um, if there's any kind of delay um, for getting out your next work, then people forget about you really quickly. Yeah. And she had a, uh, she got a cyst on her vocal cords after, uh, um, after touring this record. Yeah. Um, so it was out of action for a while and that just really halted their career. Yeah. Um, which is which is a real shame because it'd be interesting to see what they would have come up with had they been able to keep that momentum up. They put up put out another couple of records, but I don't even know if I really heard them um, yeah. because they didn't get played because no yeah. one could be bothered anymore. And you know, just like end of fashion, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Triple yeah. J didn't pick up. It was Triple J's fault, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> damn you, King's Mill. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's been Killing Heidi. It was it was a very uh, it was it was a brief thing, but it was yeah. fun while it lasted. Yeah, so it was a bit like um, you know the bit in Greece of summer nights. You know, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Ella. Oh, Ella. Ella, Ella. <laughs> tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> right, Danny, tell us about your experiences with We Are by Killing Heidi. Uh, 
This song is, is, is really, really important to me because it marked the point where I realised I was too old for music. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had this real sort of thing going, yeah, like, I guess up until that point, anything... There was no... There wasn't really music that was too young for me. Like, <laughs> like, like, like a teenager. No, it was stupid for me. Right, okay. But, like, a lot of people older than me like Shaggy. Right, In fact, okay. pretty exclusively people older than me <laughs> like Shaggy, like people who were going to nightclubs and getting off their right, tits. Yeah. But um, But this was... I just went, wow. Like, that thought of... Maybe I would have liked this when I was 15, but uh, okay. I was 19. And, yeah. uh, and the, the way that they looked was really set me apart from them uh, because, they, you know, they had the, the big colourful clothes and the weird things and they looked like... And the dreadlocks. The dreadlocks. So it was like, hey, yeah. So... Um, At least they were real. Unlike Adam Duritz's. <laughs> <laughs> Sucked in, Adam. Um, <laughs> Dexter from Offspring. Yeah. <laughs> or Red Hot Chili Peppers Super Bowl performance. And, and, um, and yeah, so there's that side of it. Like it, I I appreciate it on a lot of levels. I think it's there's a great melody there. There's a great actually like a really sweet sentiment there. I know I know Casey sort of said there's not really enough words to back it up, and there isn't. But well, I and mean, that's my thing. Then I'm sorry to butt in because. No, like, the sentiment is all there, and I know exactly what she's talking about. She's talking, you know, it's just this longing look back on childhood, great childhood mm. memories, blah, 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 blah. There's so much to to draw on there. Like, you can get... The, the verses don't have to be just one thing repeated. For yeah. it, like, you can get a whole verse out of those yeah. thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. I know. You know? But that's the thing. It's like, you compare this with something like That Summer Feeling by Jonathan Richmond, which mm. is like four yeah. minutes of mm. very yeah. detailed descriptions of mm. growing up in Massachusetts, whereas this is just... Well, I did one thing in my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> went to some weird... Yeah, and, 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 and that was it for 14 years. Now we're on you, Tim Cole. Tells uh, us I was it. actually going to say exactly the same thing as Danny. The, 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 that hearing this, it was like, all right, Triple J have actually moved on and the target audience is younger than me. And that kind of realisation. And when you're 18, that's kind of... Oh. Um, but... You know, that's exactly what it's there for. Um, so, in a way, this is not aimed at me. Exactly what Casey said. Uh, I'm with Casey when he says, um, this just, they didn't bring enough to this song. They didn't work on it enough. They had something really good there because like, the melody in the verses and the chorus are great. The chorus is just this good contrast with the, with the verse and the fuzz coming in and the way her voice lifts up and it's really well performed vocally speaking but just didn't kind of sit down long enough and try to figure out what this is doing as a song um which is and that was the thing it was almost like the second time first time i heard it, i was like okay you know there's there's things that are really yeah. impressive about that but the second time i heard it, it's just kind of my mind started wandering after the the first chorus because it's just same again, mm -hmm. then chorus, same again, then yeah. the chorus, mm. and yeah, it's uh, it, it didn't hold my attention because just the thought hadn't gone into it. The sentiment is very sweet and perfect and right on, but yeah, the thought in backing that up and how to expand on that hadn't yeah. gone into it, and yeah, I I hear that a hell of a lot. I. Feel, hear that a lot more now 
even more so than what I did back then because listening to it this week, it was a case of switching it off after the first verse and chorus because that's it. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so for me, uh, this is a song that I think at the time, like I thought it was, yeah, it's all right. I didn't hate it being on in the background. It's not a song that I would have turned off if it came on Triple J, which I listened to a fair bit at the time. Mm. But it wasn't something that I paid that much attention to. I think like this was a point when I was sort of doing my HSC and stuff like that mm. when this would have been around. So maybe I wasn't paying that much attention yeah. to it. And so it would have been on and I'd been like, oh yeah, this is all right, but I wouldn't have um, ever paid that much attention to it. I think it's probably the kind of thing that I would have liked the first two or three times I heard it. And then after that, it was a bit, yeah. Listening to it now, what it really, really reminds me of is being, you know, because like being in bands and, and like you played in these sort of, um, you know, on these lineups on Wednesday nights and like, you know, Tuesday nights at places like the Hope Town. It reminds me of like all the other kind of bands with chick singers, like that the, we, the, who played around these, you know, who played these venues at around the same time, who would be on the same bills with, with this band or with that band. Like it's, it's just like a, a certain kind of sound that was going around at the time of kind of basically, you know, cookie cutter kind of, vaguely kind of indie and vaguely kind of melodic and they want to sort of get a, get on sort of you know because this is the kind of song that got on triple j but yeah. also got to like today fm like yeah. you, you can see that in um i looked at sort of how it went on the charts and it had like a one peak which was a triple j peak and it went down mm. and, and then it came back and got up into the top 10 which, which was when it got onto commercial radio yeah right. and i think this is the sort of the point in a way where that kind of alternative music on triple j um, people who were making that music figured out how to get onto Today FM and stuff like that. Like Powderfinger were doing the same mm-hmm. kind of thing at mm-hmm. the same time. And so it's kind of like the, this song in a way is the death of Australian alternative music in the 90s. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, it does remind me of, of those kind of bands that you would see who were kind of mediocre. Like, you know, that there are great bands with female singers, and but there are lots of sort of mediocre ones. And this reminds me of all those mediocre bands that we sort of played on on lineups with who were like they were right and stuff but it's like they just didn't have like the that thing mm. and um and yeah this is a song that doesn't have that thing so um well at least for me uh look uh, what do what. <laughs> the the thing i really want to say about this song which um is the well the first point is I, I like a lot in this song and the real thing that lets it down is the songwriting yes yeah right so like the performance is, is Okay, sort of makes make does what it does. The her voice is fantastic, and I think everyone sort of you know knows yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, and I think that the lack of strength in the songwriting has also meant that this song has lost its luster. Like listening to it this week, like this was a huge song. This was a generational anthem, mm, but it has mm. not been remembered the way tomorrow yeah. has. Let alone leaving home. Like it just is not. Mm. It has not stood the test of time, and and listening to this one, I think Tim Core touched on this as well. It's it's gotten even m- the the faults in the song have gotten even more pronounced for me. Yeah. Mm. So it's kind of strange. Like That's what a, happens? It's that thing of trying to imagine this song as if it were played in a film to date the era. Or would you choose this or something else? You would probably Australian film in '99. You probably said in '99. I reckon probably choose my my happiness. You choose something else. I don't know. I I think this is dated really well because it it does. Yeah. It does sound quite dated to me. I mean, a lot in the rhythm section sounds really dated. Um, Yeah. It's it's really like. I don't know if you guys watch the clips as, as well or watch any live uh, footage or anything like that. Or Live footage, yeah, yeah. but the, the actual clip is difficult to track down. It, it, it's on... Um, 
I did actually end up finding it on YouTube, but it's not on YouTube mobile. It's one of those ones, right. which is okay, weird. Yeah. And I guess um, this is the point where we point out that this wasn't available on, on a lot of digital services. Yes, yeah, so the other yeah. Killing Heidi albums were, um, but this one wasn't. But what I was yeah. going to say about the rhythm section is that they're like the bass player and drummer have obviously been plucked from like metal bands. Right, um, yeah. And yeah. I, I, I read on their thing that they, um, like, that their original rhythm section were kind of replaced once Paul Kosky got involved. And, um, was, was, like, yeah. they, these guys just looked like they were auditioned. Was, yeah. Was, this, a, was this also yeah. a case of they grew up in a town with 600 people, yeah. therefore your chances of finding a working rhythm yeah. section are That's very right. minimal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. Yeah, right. And then you come to Sydney and then you hire two people who would go on to play in Sleepy Jackson, I guess, and then just like, you know, they sort of, really? no, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it was the same thing with Sleepy Jackson's. Yeah. Those guys didn't look like the music they were playing. Yeah. Um, and there was only one talent in that band. <laughs> Yeah. In both those bands, yeah. Justin Bumford, how you how you doing? Um, <laughs> uh, so, so the other, sorry. sorry, the the other thing I wanted to know about this song, and I don't know if you guys know it. So, was this song written to be like a Triple J hit, or did it get picked yeah. up out of? Yeah, it was because their story was that they won the Unearth thing with a song oh, called they're another Unearth band, right? With a song called Kettle in like '96 or so, and she was super young at that point because she's still super young at this she's point. Seventeen. Well, at that's this the, point. Yeah. that's the thing. Like when I I did the maths today, and when I saw them at Big Day Out in yeah. 2000, she would have been 16 or 17 then. Yeah. Right. So yeah, so she was super young, and, and like the song <laughs> does sound like something written by a teenager in that kind of. Mm. They don't quite have the like teen, you know teenagers often often don't quite have that sort of um, you know sense of perspective and things like that can that can really make for good lyrics and sort of knowing how a song works. Like it, there's a sort of sort of tunnel vision that you get with teenagers in a way, and this sort of song has a bit of that, and it's probably why it appealed to teenagers at the sure. time. But um, it's why it doesn't last mm. in the same kind of way. Alright, so that brings us to the, to the last movie that we picked, which yeah. was Tim Coyle's, which was... The Iron Giant. Uh, the Iron Giant. It's not a movie I know, Tim Coyle. It's the greatest film of the 90s. That's so. right, it is an unbelievable film. It's, it's the best Pixar movie. film ever. Everyone, well, except it was made by Warner Brothers. Exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the best Pixar film that Pixar did make. Mm. Alright, so um, tell us, so we should go around the room and um, see what we thought Tim Coyle would pick. Casey Atkins, what did you think Tim Coyle would pick? <laughs> see, I've obviously been trolling all night. <laughs> yes. I've probably got that by now. Yes, the Venga Boys but give me off the Yeah, that. but you've stolen my thunder because I had, um, oh no, I, mm, I thought that he'd choose Everywhere You Go by Taxi Ride. <laughs> second <laughs> single. <laughs> <laughs> The, the Danny, considered opinion. Yeah. Danny Yao, what did you think he'd pick? Uh, I thought he'd pick, thank Abba for the music. Like, <laughs> Tina Cousins, Bewitched, Billy Piper, and uh, no. Um, it was just Billy in those days, yeah. I believe. I thought that Tim Coyle would pick the song that I truly wanted to pick. <laughs> mm, which uh, was? I which really I will know. tell you in my honourable mentions. Alright. Oh, the, mystery, the mystery is, is building. We'll we're have to find out what this song was. We've got to keep him... Right till the end. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I thought Tim Coyle was going to pick Do What That Thing by Lauren Hill. So I've, um, yeah. Yeah. So tell, tell us, Tim Coyle, what you thought. <laughs> yeah, you. Tim Byron was right. It's uh, Do What That Thing by Lauren Hill. Yo, remember yeah. back on the bully when cats used to harmonize like. <laughs> yo, yo, my men and my women, don't forget about the thing. This is not the most of king. Yo, it's about a thing. Uh, yeah, feel yeah. real good. Wake your hands in the air and lick two shots in the atmosphere. 
were looking for your friend The one you let hit it and never called you again Remember when he told you he was about to bend your mans You act like you ain't him, they give him a little trim It began, now you think you really gonna pretend Like you wasn't down and you called him again Plus when, you give it up so easy you ain't even fooling him If you did it then, then you probably can Talking out your next and you're a Christian I must slam sleeping with the gin Now that was the sin that did Jezebel in Who you gonna tell when the repercussions spent Showing off your ass cause you thinking it's a trend girlfriend Let me break it down for you again You know I only say it cause I'm truly genuine Don't be a hard rock when you really are a gin baby girl Respect is just the minimum But you still defending them now Lauren is only human Don't think I haven't been through the same predicament Let it sit inside your head A million women in Philly pen It's silly when girls sell their souls because it's sin Look at where you be in Hair weaves like Europeans Fake nails done by Koreans Come again So that was Do Up That Thing by Lauren Hill. Um, this, which was a double A side with Can't Take My Eyes Off You, was number 67 mm, in the top right. 100 selling singles of 99, and it reached number 8 in March 99. So, Tim Cole, tell us about why you picked Do Up That Thing. So, I mean, we've covered the Fugees before, and uh, they weren't very well received, <laughs> if memory serves me correctly. And uh, I think. That was kind of still lingering when uh, it, it became known Lauren Hill as a solo career. It's like, oh yeah, it's that woman from the Fugees, and yeah, this um, isn't going to um, get anyone too excited. But um, then this came on the radio, and then I heard some of the other material from the Miseducation of Lauren Hill, and there was a lot more to it than what there was in a lot of the output of the Fugees. And I think what got me with this song is that there's, um, there's a lot less of the slackness that you found in something like the Fugees uh, version of Killing Me Softy and, uh, Softly and a lot of their, their other material. This kind of picks up the slack a bit, which uh, kind of works out with the theme theme of the song, which is kind of lift your game. Um, mm. And in that way, I, I find continuity between this and we covered TLC's No Scrubs mm. and Salt and Pepper, mm. um, Let's Talk About Sex and uh, What a Man. And yeah, I think this is kind of picking up where those left off. And this is another one of those songs that fit comfortably yeah. within that particular style of of hip-hop and um r&b music um so i think for me with time um it, it's a little bit of there's a little bit of jekyll and hyde well that maybe puts it a little too dramatically but the chorus and her when she actually sings mm. is You know, so much better than everything else. I, I think. <laughs> I think the rapping on this song it's it's okay. It's a little shambling at times. Mm. It doesn't quite have the snap that TLC have on No Scrubs or Waterfalls or or, the, or that Salt and Pepper have. She's she yeah. is a little slack at points there. That's a carryover from from the Fuji stuff.
stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, just I, I think what's going on musically with the horn stings and the the little piano bits and as i say when she sings it's such an amazing thing and it's, it's a really great chorus and another thing the film clip is a great clip and just yeah one of the best film clips of the 90s for me so the yeah one with the two of them yeah, yeah, yeah. her, her yeah. in the 60s her in the 90s right, yeah. and just kind of demonstrating certain continuities um cultural continuities uh at the time and yeah i i still i still really enjoyed this song my wife is a huge fan of this album and will play it um pretty consistently and yeah i always enjoy it coming on and this song has you know a lot of great memories of um summer 1999 and it has that summery feel to it um mm. of just I guess kind of the the New York thing of it being stinkingly humid and hot and sitting on your yes. sitting on your doorstep and that translates to <laughs> Australia as well. So, yeah, um, holds holds up okay for me. As I say, there's two distinct parts of this, and one of them is so far superior to the other. It's 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 a bit silly, but um, yeah, I, I still think it's uh, a very listenable tune. One thing I'm curious about, Tim, is um, this was the double A slide. How come you chose this song and not Can't Take My Eyes Off You? Uh, I think it's the better song. <laughs> oh. And question, question answered. <laughs> it was kind of a weird double A slide. Like, it wasn't a double A slide initially. Right. And it, the, the Can't Take My Eyes Off You wasn't on the album. Oh, okay. Well, that. Um, okay. And then it was sort of like radio picked up on it because it's a familiar track and they were not yeah. being adventurous and then they decided that it was a couple a double a side and then they decided to re-release the miseducation of lauren hill with a bonus track yeah. uh, okay. which like isn't still isn't on the american version because in america they played this song on radio yeah. and things like that yeah well this song um debuted at number one in the u.s like which is mm. a, a sense of how big <coughs> she was and how mm. big it was I so well the only thing i would say the contrast there this is there's a minimalism to this Hmm. Which there isn't to yeah. take my which is probably what probably why I respond to it more. Yeah. But yeah, that's It also doesn't really fit with the record. No. Yeah. So. Alright, so Danny, um yeah, tell us what you think about Do Up That Thing. Yeah, uh, uh a, a great song. Like, um she it was like we said, the Fugees were kind of like I didn't hate the Fugees, but yeah, they were around. I don't think like I think I wanted to like them more than their actual songs were good. Mm. Um, you know, there was just something about them and, that I kind of liked. And, and you know, at that time, I didn't know what it was. By the time this album came out, I realised it was Lauren Hill. Mm. Uh, like, she was just was a really captivating figure. She, she sang really well and she just had that beautiful voice and that sort of beautiful innocence and that just that thing that, you know... That every, thing, that thing. Yeah, yeah, but every sort of... <laughs> yes, but every sort of... <laughs> young woman could identify with her mm. and she just never had that song and this was finally and it was so anthemic like I mean she doesn't really tour much anymore or you know she's kind of got mad we we'll talk about but you know if, if anyone was to see her career path in the way that they thought it would roll out she would be playing this song every single gig for the rest of her life mm. like this was just that song like that's such a career artist song for her so I really love it um, and I really loved the Miseducation of Lauren Hill as well. Uh, I loved it at the time. Listening to it this week, the one thing that really struck me, I I don't know what it was. I hadn't really listened to it on headphones. 
in in um in the last few years, and I hadn't listened to it on headphones since Amy Winehouse. Right. And it was so familiar that tinkle the piano with yeah. that really awesome beat, that modern drum beat behind it, and then a great voice on top, that neo soul tapping into the seventies, but just going modern woman, mm. and like. And I just went, wow, this has not dated at all. Like, if mm. this was an Amy Winehouse, like, it could fit in with that yeah. world. And, and Amy Winehouse, in fact, like, she had a song that she would sort of go into this song from. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So she, she would sort of, like, okay, sort of well, do a medley of this song in one of her songs. Yeah, because yeah. the, the tinkle of piano. Yeah, like, yeah. Is it, like, Tears Don't Dry in the, whatever that song is, the, with the same sort of piano beat that Mike oh, yeah. Watson? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I forget, yeah. But yeah. yeah, so, um, so yeah, I, I thought, and there's that, and there's Alicia Keys, and there's all these sort of things that is still around, and it's a shame poor Lauren is not around to enjoy the fruits of uh, what she sort of pioneered. The film clip is great, the the image of her there, one with, is it like sort of, she's got like dreadlocks and stuff in one, and then like cool straight hair in the other. Yeah, she's got like she's sort she's of supremes. She's, she's got the almost. beehive. Yeah. yeah. Kind yeah. of had the guys in suits with horns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Behind yeah. Her kind yeah. of thing, yeah. For those playing at home, Casey's just put on the beehive. <laughs> Bees! <laughs> so I'm back to Nicholas Cage. And I'm in the bear suit. So, <laughs> so Bees! <laughs> so I think I might go Beats? next. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, this song, like, Lauren Hill was one of those sort of people, like, for me in 99, that I kind of knew they were around and, like, I'd sort of maybe see the video for this on on Rage and sort of maybe hear it on radio here and there and think, oh, yeah, this is good. But I never kind of, like, had that kind of moment of paying attention to it, of going, okay, I've got to listen to this. It was just one of those things that sort of in the background that was sort of nice, nice enough and I knew, like, yeah, I probably should pay attention to this at some point, but I just never quite got around to it. And, um... But, you know, it, it's such the big song and it's such the influential record. Like, you know, it, there, there is a lineage between this and Amy Winehouse and all that kind of stuff. And so I eventually probably downloaded this album illegally, you know, 2006 or 2007 or something like that, back in the days of torrents and things, I forget, something like that, and um, and listened to it. And yeah, it's it's great. And this song is one of the best things on the album. I love this one. I love Everything is Everything. That's the, the other Everything one. is Everything is Unbelievable. Which also has an unbelievable film clip as well with the kind of like the turntable mm -hmm. kind of thing going on. And, um, but yeah, listening to this song this week, um, yeah, it's it's a great song. The the kind of slackness, kind of, I don't really mind. It gives it a kind of sort of laid-back, relaxed kind of feel that really works to it. Uh, and um, and so, yeah, so the, the, the rapping and stuff, I kind of like in that kind of way. It's got, uh, it's, it's got a good sort of message, lyric-wise. It's sort of like no scrubs or scrubettes yeah. kind of thing going on. Like, one of the verses is about, like, you know, and I think, the you know, the, that thing of the title is kind of the... You know, just being a selfish ass who's only really interested in like getting what you can get, like money and sort of. Um, but you get what you give. <laughs> you get what you give. Everything is connected, man. <laughs> yeah. And then there was that lyric about Shirley Manson that was. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, you know, they'll make it in the end. Yeah. Killing Hardy had dreadlocks. <laughs> <laughs> the Rand Corporation in conjunction with. The vampire people. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going on about? <laughs> Reverse vampires. Reverse vampires. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> patched a plot to <laughs> deny Lauren Hill breakfast. Ah, uh -huh, that's right. So, uh, so yeah, so yeah, this is a, a great song. 
Um, it, it does sort of, like Danny's right, it doesn't really sound like it's dated in that kind of way. It still sort of sounds modern and like you'd have a hit with this today, I suspect. Yeah. So yeah, so um, yeah, good work, Lauren Hill. Uh, like, this is better than Killing Me Softly, so good work. It really could be an Alicia Keys song or a Beyonce song or like yeah. so many of the, yeah. or Leona Lewis even, like all those sort of, yeah. and, and like to some degree... I feel, I feel if it was yeah. a Beyonce song or um, or an Alicia Keys song, it would be produced quite differently. Yeah, yeah. but um, so yeah, so uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves because we haven't heard what Casey thinks of this <laughs> no, song. We have not. So tell us, Casey, uh, about this song. It's all right. Moving on. Um, <laughs> I um, this one passed me by at the time, um, and I don't have a huge memory of it from the time because it was really just not on my radar this this kind of music and i i recognized it when i listened to it this week of, of course because it was it was huge but um it was one of those things where i listened to it and the first time i listened to it i i, I thought it still suffered from a little bit of the you know we talked about last time when we talked about the fujis and people just having a conversation on the track for some reason <laughs> yeah, yeah it suffers from a bit of that and yeah. i was a little bit put off by that but um, but I still liked her singing and the, the hook a lot. Um, and it grew with every listen, this mm. one. Like, this mm. was a real, like, every every time you heard something new in it. And that um, that groove is is amazing. Like, yeah. the, um, the, the drum track in it is just incredible, and I yeah. love it. And it's, it's really... Is it a um, sample? Oh, what? Oh, it's nothing I recognise. I don't have an existing yeah. sample, but it's definitely sampled. Yeah, like it, 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 sounds, yeah. it sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, and yeah, so there's 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 something about it which I which I really dig, but I just don't I don't really I certainly didn't have an, an opinion of it at the time. I, I kind of agree with you, Tim Coyle, that there's the the singing parts of the chorus part is a, a way superior to the rapping part, but that's probably just me or us as well in terms of in general. I just respond to that better. Yeah, I, so. I, I think another way of looking at it is kind of that real contrast between the two which yeah. uh, really pulls you into that chorus more than you otherwise might mm. be if she had been singing the whole way through yeah. so there's that aspect to it I have to say Casey I, I, my experience with the song when I first heard it was pretty similar to yours like mm. it was oh what's this it's the girl from the Fugees whatever yeah. I'm sure she might be doing something interesting listen to the first time it was great but it was a grower yeah. it was a grower for me yeah, it is grower yeah. um, and to try to go and then to separate it from uh, Killing Me Softly and to sort of go, yeah, right, okay, this is what... And she she did really well in terms of getting her message out that this wasn't a Fuji's record. Right, yeah, right? this yeah. is me. This is Lauren Hill. And, you know, the, yeah. from the album cover, the name of the album, which everyone knows. Such a great, a great name album title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it just went, this is not what you know about me, mm. you know? And yeah. and she did it all in the first song. And I just, I just mm. am in awe of someone who can and, play it off. And there's that thing where it, it, it reinforces... I guess a lot of assumptions about what the Fugees were is like, okay, now she's unshackled by those two slackers. Mm. <laughs> one time. Yeah. One yeah. <laughs> two times. By one time and two times. Yeah, yeah, if you guys keep talking, I'm just going to say one time. Just, <laughs> just mumbling on about shit. <laughs>
Alright, so yeah, so that brings us to the end of the very last Choose Your Own Adventure um, in the 90% hit series for 99. Um, you know, we picked the four songs we picked, and we've talked a little bit about um, how we thought this was a pretty barren year for songs we liked, but um, we all barren probably... Barren is a good word. <laughs> we'll probably have a few honourable mentions of songs we could have picked on another day, so um, Tim Coyle, tell us about the songs you could have picked that... Actually, can I go first on this? Alright, yeah, oh, yeah, because there's a story. Pick. So tell us what song you were going to pick, Danny. So look, um, there will be, uh, we choose these songs sort of beforehand and things like that, and then there's the last couple of weeks, for those who have been following along at home, there's been a couple of like deadlocks and stuff, and second guessing of each <laughs> other, and it's basically just insanity. It's, it's, it's like trying... We've been doing this for a long time now. It's yeah. Been a bit silly. So... We've been hanging out with Lauren Hill as a consequence. <laughs> so there is a, there is a song that I wanted to pick that I just kind of thought, why of you guys was definitely going to pick and yeah. it was going to take it from me and that was Bad Touch by the Bloodhound Gang really? <laughs> it is a hilarious song come on we all like you and me baby we ate nothing but mammals like come on it was just like it is just got the X-Files references it's got all those sort of pop culture references it's silly it is it is I think a fantastic pop song Snow, uh, why is everybody always picking on me? That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing as well. Because yeah. I run like a girl and I sit down and pee. Yeah. Um, Your best friend at school is the lunch, lunch lady. lady. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's, it just brings joy to us. That <laughs> and, and there's the great line from Firewater Burn, like that he's not uh, white like uh, Jack Black is, that he's... Um, or, or black, black like, like Barry White. Yeah, yeah. I'm not white like... I'm not yeah. black like Barry White, but I'm white like Frank Black Frank is. Black. Yeah, 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 Jack yeah. Black's a bit later. Yeah. I, okay. I saw the Bloodhound Gang once and they told a series of jokes between songs. Was that the, at the Grudge Fest? Yes. We yes, I was there as well. That was awesome. Did, so, they, did they perform in bear suits? No. They, they could have, though. Like, they were that kind of... But bear. my two favourite jokes that I still remember from, from on stage was, what did the mother say to Michael Jackson? Can you please get out of my son? Uh, and what does Mother Teresa and Princess Diana have in common? They both dead. So... <laughs> 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 and the drummer from the Flatbush only got one. Oh, yeah. the drummer from the Flatbush there you go, Bloodhound Gang, yeah. comedy genius. That's a level. They had a great song called "Diarrhea Runs in the Family." Um, <laughs> so they were basically Americanism. Yeah, yeah. They were Americanism. Uh, the other, for me, the other songs from this year that uh, were very important to me was uh, "Burning Down the House." Yep. The that album, the Tom Jones uh, duets album, I just loved to death. Uh, and then there's a whole lot of stuff that, like, from artists we've covered. So, like, I really quite like Scar Tissue or whatever. I, uh, I have to say, I was discovering ABBA around the time that that, that, that <laughs> ABBA song came around. So, and he wants to thank them for the music. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, that was, like, a weird thing and might have been an interesting story, but we'll let that alone. But, yeah, otherwise, I sort of agree with everyone. It's sort of uh, a yeah. very short thing. Sorry, just one other thing. Um, I don't mind every morning by Sugar Ray. <laughs> Everyone knows that riff. It was a good little riff. I mean, that is a great example of a good song happening to bad I people. Sh- I should have <laughs> given Coil that one. <laughs> and that's what I thought Coil was going to pick. Alright, speaking of Coil. Uh, I mean, other than some of the ones that were, I mean, garbage, as I said, were basically the safety option. And beyond that, um,. Yeah, there's, there's not much. I mean, 
Chris Isaac's Baby Did a Bad Thing yeah. re-entered yeah. due to the Eyes Wide Shut soundtrack. But <laughs> I think we'd said all we could about Chris Isaac a few mm. a few months ago. So I mean that's that's probably the best song on the whole list. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, kind of, kind yeah, of elected, really elected not to go there again. Um, but beyond that, it's it makes for shameful reading. I mean. Really? Sugar Ray? <laughs> we're, compelled, songs. We're, co- we're compelled to say, yeah, yeah. Sugar Ray weren't that bad. Smash Mouth weren't that bad. Yeah. I mean, that's what we've come to. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the, um, that Lauren, like I might go and do my mentions, that Lauren Hill song was something I was thinking about. I, I figured Tim Cole would pick it and I was right. And um, I figured you would pick the New Radicals and I was right about that. So I didn't pick either of those, but they were ones I was, I was yeah. thinking about. But yeah, the Lauren Hill song is probably the least slick song on the whole 100. Mm. Like, it's a really slick, kind of, kind of like very sort of synthetic, electro-y kind of sounding bunch of songs, really. And um, but yeah, like for me, yeah, Scar Tissue was something I thought about picking. That was like, of the things on the list, probably the one album I'd actually bought at the band's. And... Um, and yeah, Get Set by Taxi Ride, I think is pretty good. So the it's actually guitar. not a bad song. It's not bad, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I thought Casey would pick it, but not, but... Yeah. Especially in the context of this list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Casey, tell us about your honorable oh, mentions. So, so many great songs. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Living La Vida Loca here. Also Shake Your Bon Bon. And Shake Your Bon Bon. I mean, we've got... Have uh, You Ever by Brandy. We've got the... I mean, come on. (laughs) The Millennium Prayer by Cliff Richard. (laughs) Come on. Wild 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 West West by (laughs) by Will Smith. Will Smith from Willennium. (laughs) Or that movie, Wild Wild West. Um, (laughs) Swear It Again by Westlife. I don't know any of these fucking songs. Um, I've actually... I really don't have anything else that I could have... That I could have come close to picking I mean All Torn Down by The Living End is a great song but we talked about Living End last yeah, time yeah. so, so yeah. you know there's not there's really nothing there's nothing left 98 so. Degrees yeah, and yeah. Be- Beautiful Stranger by Madonna was yeah. okay oh yeah that was okay. definitely one for me I mean I really yeah. it was it's not because that's from the second Awesome Powers yeah, maybe yeah. Freak on a Leash by it, Corn it, I it guess was, no I'm kidding it was, um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of corn on that like, yeah it's surprising man. It's, 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 it's the rise of new metal in 99 apparently that Madonna song was William Orbit who produced <laughs> yeah. 13 Durst of Blood Times yeah. it was the Durst and of Times <laughs> <laughs> So the last thing uh, to talk about is we've got to pick our favourite song from the ones that the rest of us picked. So um, just to recap, this week we had um, my choice, When I Grow Up, by Garbage. We had Danny Yao's choice, uh, The New Radicals, with You Get What You Give. Casey Atkins' choice, We Are, by Killing Hiding. And Tim Cole's choice, Lauren Hill's Doo-Wop, uh, open parentheses, that thing, close parentheses. So um, yeah, Tim Cole, what do you pick out of the rest? Uh, I, I, I almost pick Garbage's When I Grow Up. Uh, partly by virtue of it being garbage, but after listening to the songs a bit more this week, I'm probably going to say you get what you give. Casey? Uh, yeah, I'll probably say the same thing. Garbage is a band I, I like more than New Radicals, but what else? I mean, there's not a lot to say about the New Radicals, but um, you get what you give was the standout this week for me. Danny, uh, you don't get to choose. You yeah, get what you I know. Give. <laughs> so uh, it's got to be Lauren Hill. All right, it's a because fantastic you, song. you don't, you personally don't get what you give because you gave, <laughs> you get what you give, but you're not going to be able to pick it. So yeah, Lauren Hill. Um, for me, it's between Lauren Hill and um, you get what you give. And like part of me is like a bit either way, and I haven't quite decided. So I'm going to go any mini moment because no one else is really. Oh, pick Weir. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> I think I'm going to pick Lauren Hill. So it's like a, so it's deadlocked. Dead 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 yeah. So I think that's the end of putting. Like it's 99 for us. At 90% hits. Um, and so yes. yeah. So um, Casey, tell us about the general internet presence of 90% hits. Uh, the general internet presence of 90% hits, will, which will live on. Um, even uh, in your nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you can email us at 90%hits at gmail.com. Um, you can follow Stop the 90% hits. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow the Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter. Yeah. Following uh, this episode going up, I think the most action you'll probably get online will be the Tumblr blog. So, Tim, you can tell us about that. Yeah, Tumblr blog. We post uh, uh, extended thoughts on these songs um, and we also post some of the other honorable mentions and songs from the time so I'm probably going to be posting the video for Everything is Everything by Lauren Hill as well as Tim Cole's post of um, Do Up That Thing and um, the second New Radicals track yeah that there was a second New Radicals track <laughs> <laughs> and all of the bloodhounds yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, somehow they became a feature <laughs> <laughs> and look um, we will do at least one more episode just to wrap up what we're doing I'll sort of uh we kind of have an idea and we'll work towards that in a couple of weeks. Well, we have my entire criminal profile on who killed Mary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to figure, finally figure out who it was that killed Mary. Yeah, Adam Duritz and Michael Stipe are on it. And, um, yeah. You know, the alternate world, bizarre world version of True Detective. <laughs> <laughs> Stipe is so in the McConaughey. <laughs> So if, um, if Woody Harrelson and McConaughey ever figure out what happened to Mary, we'd like them to let us know. <laughs> for these films American Beauty The Iron Giant speak for itself <laughs> yeah. and Boning John Malkovich okay yeah. um. <laughs> and Fuck Club <laughs> <laughs>